This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hi, you're listening to Sports and Quirks. I'm Emily. And I'm also Emily. And um, as more people get vaccinated, people are starting to do some more normal things again, like uh, going to sporting events in person. Um, and some people choose to date now also. <laughs> um, so we're going to start off by just talking about um, what these things kind of look like now that like things are getting a little bit more safer to be out and about. Um have you been going on any, on any dates during COVID or um, I guess since you've been vaccinated? Since being vaccinated, no. During the course of COVID, yes. And man, I, we, Emily and I have a friend who's like big on following trends in terms of stocks and like what's good, whatever. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, it makes sense that, Various dating sites, apps, whatever. Like if you're invested, if you've invested in Match.com, like great, you've probably made a ton of money off of that. And so, especially during the time of COVID, right, where like all of a sudden, like we're all these young people, and we're like, well, we still want to meet people, and we still want to date. And the options are like dating apps, unless you live in a sitcom and you live next door to someone who happens to be single and like. You vibe with them. Um, I don't live in a sitcom. I don't know about you, Emily, but like I straight up like there are kids that live next door to me on either side of me. And when I say kids, um, they're the people that live next door to us are very young professionals. They're like 22. And then Mm. across the street from us, it's college students. So like hard no. Um, they (laughs) They had a party the other night while it was pouring rain. Like we were in the middle of a rainstorm, they were having a party, and I'm like, man, you this. So, in the last year, a lot of people have had to go to dating apps for uh, finding a potential mate. Have you gone on? Did you go on dates in the last year? And then did you go on any dates after getting vaccinated? No, and no. Okay. Um. I feel like I don't have much to contribute to this. During COVID, I was like way too afraid of getting COVID to be out in public doing things. Um, And then now, not really. I mean, I mean, by not really, I mean, no. I just, there's not really something that I'm like putting effort into, I guess. Um, I also just don't, I, I can't date someone that I don't know at all. Yeah. Even if like, I mean, you know, if you spend an hour together, like through a mutual friend or something, that's a different story, but, um, like not a dating app person. And I feel like that's kind of what the option is right now. So, um, but I love listening to other people's stories about their experiences. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like if I know I don't, if I'm not interested in someone or even if I like, if I don't know if I'm interested in someone, I don't like going out on a date with them because yeah. I just don't want to deal with having to end things with someone that I just don't really know if I'm interested in. So yeah. um, <laughs> I guess that's taking the easy way out of things, but um, it's what? not though. Yeah. I don't know. To each their own. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think that dating apps are for a certain type of person. Um, I don't think either one of us are those people. Like, I don't think that's how we're going to find our partners in life. I think that as people get vaccinated, as people are like, 
wanting to see their friends. It'll go back to where you meet someone through someone Mm -hmm. or through people who are like, oh, I can finally take that clay throwing class that I've been (laughs) wanting to take. Maybe, all right, that that might be a stretch. I don't know how many men are out here trying to throw clay and make pottery. So, like, that was not a good example. Sorry, folks. Rock climbing. People like to rock climb. I don't think that it is super gendered or matters about sexuality so like everyone goes rock climbing so now all these people are like oh i can finally go to a rock climbing gym and that's how they're gonna like meet someone they see all the time because they after a year and a half of being in their own house they're like yeah i'm gonna go all the time and maybe that's wrong maybe my perception of how people are gonna start dating again is not accurate no i think that's right um i think like people start having more gatherings um with like different people in their friend groups and um I think like people start dating again more that way. Um, I mean, the the apps I guess have been here the whole time. It's just whether or not you feel comfortable if that's your thing, yeah. or if you feel comfortable with like meeting up with someone that you don't know and you don't like what they've been doing and whatever during COVID. Um, but still, like at this point, I would definitely be like a pretty apprehensive of meeting up with a stranger, even though I've been vaccinated. Um, but definitely. I guess would be more open to it than a couple of months ago. I get that. I, mm, yeah, I get that. And I also am like, yeah, I don't even know if I want to like meet a stranger. Cause again, things are opening up again. So like, you know, we can see people outside of like our immediate friend group. Mm. And I, I've been reminded of, I probably don't need to be out in public. A lot of us don't need to be out in public yet. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that might be a hot take, but folks, some people, myself included, I won't exclude myself from this, but our social skills <laughs> they just aren't there. <laughs> um, it ain't it. And uh, we need to learn how to be socialized again so that we don't roll up to any gathering where we don't know someone and we say something that, like, maybe we think it. And if you are thinking really like prejudiced things, like, I'm sorry. Make yourself better. Be better. But, like, you know, sometimes it just comes out. Like, I got my hair cut yesterday by this woman who was a white lady. And she was like, I don't, I've not really ever cut textured hair. Oh, no. And I was just like, okay, well, I just need a trim. So I'm not asking for anything wild. And she's like, okay. I'm like, all right. Yeah, like, girl, I just need these ends trimmed. Like I did not care. I just, you met the requirements of being a woman owned business and local. That's all I needed. Like, I promise you the curls will hide anything unless you shave my head. And then I will be very unhappy, but like, it was fine. It worked out fine. But then she was like, you know, this was like, thank you for letting me cut your hair or whatever. And I'm like, I just thank you for being up front saying that you don't know what you're doing and i was like oh my yeah. god why did you say that like that like it, it, we all need to be resocialized. we don't need to <laughs> <laughs> we we do not um i don't think we know how to behave anymore it's fair to be apprehensive about that and i also respect her for being honest about it yes. because i feel like most people wouldn't honestly yes oh yes um, but yeah i feel the same way like I don't feel like I've ever been very good at small talk, but whatever like small bit of small talk skills I had before COVID, I feel like have just completely gone out the window. And I feel like I'm being rude because I just, I, I don't know. I've, I've lost the ability. <laughs> like small talk's hard. And I know that some folks that's their bread and butter and like a lot of dating is small talk. So it's like, I hope you want a small talk with someone that like, isn't a serial killer, right? Like, Maybe that, I think that's why I don't like dating is because I don't like small talk with people I don't know. It's just, it just sounds exhausting to me. But you have to do these things um, for the most part, you know, so. You do, but like there has to be a better way. There has to be not just the basic, like, I don't know. Do you feel like this happens on dates where you like, you meet someone and someone that you're not like, that you've known. If it's someone you don't, it's a stranger. You're going on a date with a stranger and a lot of it is like, oh, where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What's your job? Like all this stuff is honestly very boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't tell you anything about a person, but it's not like you can be like, hey, what is your deepest fear? Like <laughs> you feel that you're inadequate. Do you feel like you're trying to achieve something to impress someone? Like, are you 
what are you seeking? Like, you can't ask someone that on a first date. They'll think that you're, like, a little a little wild. Yeah, like, you're getting into things too quickly. Um, yeah. But, I mean, in reality, those are, like, the questions that you probably should be getting answers to. You just It's just not socially acceptable to, like, just come out and ask those things right away. Um, yeah. But that's what you want to know early on because early on it doesn't it doesn't tell you if you can build a relationship with someone if you're just like, oh, yeah, you're an accountant. Like that doesn't tell you if they have an avoidant attachment style or an anxious attachment style. It doesn't tell you anything. And so then you waste three months finding yeah. out, oh, they had an anxious attachment style and I have wasted more time doing small talk with someone who I will never speak to again and we didn't have any type of meaningful conversation. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the, maybe everyone needs to take personality tests before before going on a date with someone. That I feel like that would weed out a lot of. I think it would make everyone more successful all around. But, um, anyways, um, I think that the this is kind of poking fun at the the Christ, young Christians, especially living in Texas, and um, yeah, the what's your enneagram number? Like women and men, but like mostly women will straight up be like, what's your Enneagram number? And like, that can be a very personal personality. It's not really a personality test, but the Enneagram for folks who don't know, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's about your motivations and your fears. So there are nine numbers and you are one of nine and it, it just speaks to like, oh, are you motivated by praise are you scared of people abandoning you? Are you scared of like yes. being, um, <laughs> I mean, I think ultimately we're all, we all have kind of that, that level of fear of like being alone. Like isolation is not how humans are meant to be. Like yeah. we are meant to be with other people, but just like how we're living our life, like is your motivation to just like help and serve people or like, um, have fun or there's so many different things. So on your own time, go Google the Enneagram, whatever. It's fine. Figure out your number. Yeah, it's fine. Tell us your number. Tweet at us. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it within Christian circles, which I know kind of comes with like a, okay, like straight up they ask. And I'm like, that's actually, that's not a terrible thing to ask. Like it does tell you a little bit about the person if you're willing to look into it. Like if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm a three. And it's like, oh, you're like way competitive and it matters what people say to you. And like, you don't want to be wrong and you don't want to like, um, not feel like you're in control of what's going on. Like that does tell you a little bit about this person and it's acceptable to ask something like that on a first date. Whereas it's not acceptable to ask what motivates you in life. (laughs) Is that Enneagram a religious thing? It's not. I think uh, it's been commandeered. Okay. Got it. I was like, I did not know that. (laughs) No, it, um, it's a fun, fun, like test quiz, whatever to take. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, just for for reference, what what number are you? I'm a seven. Okay, I need to read up on that. I'm a two. And that like that makes sense knowing you. If I didn't know you and like we were just meeting, you're like I'm a two, and I had like a like low level understanding of enneagram. Uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, like you're probably you take care of everyone, you care about everyone's feelings, like you are a very um, you're an empath. Is that yes, how it's said? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, See, I and, feel like you would be a two as well. Um, I'm not motivated by making people feel happy. <laughs> I'm motivated by things being fun. I guess yeah, you're you're very extroverted and I'm like um, energetic and um, like positive, kind of go with the flow, whatever. Um, so that makes sense now that I'm thinking more about it. And it's not that, like, people, I mean, your motivations over life aren't going to necessarily change too much unless, like, a huge life event happens. But, like, everyone, when people do the Enneagram test or if you decide to look into this and you're like, oh, like, I want to know more about myself. Like, it's not a, don't think of it as a test. Think about what are your motivations? What are your fears? And you could be across the spectrum of these different numbers because, you can have various motivations and various fears about like what's guiding you in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe maybe the youths need to start learning this when they're younger. So when we like become adults, it's like acceptable to ask that on a first date. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could. Okay. So 
red flag or deal breaker, you're on a date with a guy and he asks you if you've taken the test and if so, like, what's your number? Is this like a first date? Yes. Um, it might be a red flag depending on how he asks that because again, it can be a very personal question. Some people treat it as it's like a very, um, as it doesn't really speak to like how they're living life, but it, it can show kind of the, for the Enneagram, when you're reading about it, it'll tell you like the good and bad about each number. And like, if someone's like, yeah, like, oh, I know about that number. I know about the bad side of it. Like, you're, you're flighty and can't make a decision like that might also impact like what they how they perceive me mm-hmm. so I'd be like oh like interesting let's like talk about like why you're asking about this like you, you could ask me what my motivations are and I'd probably be more comfortable with that than someone being like oh yeah what are all of your motivations in one go like okay you don't need to know that I may disappear for months at a time it's not because I'm dead it's because I just can't deal with life <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I feel like if a guy asks a girl that, um, I feel like it's kind of a red flag. Okay. And then I was going to say it's a double standard because if a girl asks that, then it's not, it's not a red flag, but I think it is because it kind of falls into the same category as like, what's your astrological sign? Like in terms of someone asking that right out of the gate, like, if it comes up in conversation, I mean, people yeah. talk about, like, oh, what's your Myers-Briggs? Like, yeah. have you taken Myers-Briggs before? It's the same kind of a test, but it would kind of, like, weird me out if someone brought that up right away. Because you, it, it would be something where, like, you plan to ask that. It wouldn't probably come up naturally in a conversation, like, the first time you're meeting someone. So, for the reason that it's planned, I think that's the red flag to me. Okay, so red flag, red flag or deal breaker, they bring it up like they are just like, well, as a insert number here. As a two, <laughs> <laughs> as a two I behave this way. Yeah, as a four, def- I'm very creative. That's definitely a red flag. <laughs> um, again, not if you've known someone for a while. Um, I think that's just a part of like communicating what your personality is yes. like and yes. and what what makes you happy and like what frustrates you in interactions with other human beings, um, what stresses you out, you know, but I mean, yeah, that to me would be kind of the same as being like, well, as a cancer, I'm, I'm like very, um, I don't even know. I'm like, what, what are the traits at this point? Um, like that would, yeah, no, no, not, not good. Oh, that sounds almost like worse than if someone asks the question. Well, I don't know. Because if someone asked, what's your sign on a date, on a first date? Like, how would you respond if someone was like, hey, what's your sign? What hour were you born? I would, I would not run, but like <laughs> mentally I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, this isn't going to go anywhere. Um. The other thing is, I feel like a lot of people don't know what the Enneagram is. So if I were to say, as a two, I could see someone being like, you think, like, you think you're a two. Oh, yeah. In terms of attractiveness. Um, If someone didn't know what the Enneagram was, I could see people being like, what? Or like, if you said, I don't know, if like, say someone's on paper, like not traditionally an attractive person and they were like well as in how many numbers are there nine okay as in you'd be like as a nine <laughs> you know you might be like who like say they they're not attractive and they have a really like bad personality like they're just a jerk Ooh. you know and you're like yeah. they're like as a nine someone could be very confused by that like you are not a nine sir that would definitely be, I think that would definitely confuse someone who doesn't know what the Enneagram is. <laughs> One, because they'd be like, yeah, your personality's not a nine. But then it's like, you think of yourself that highly, which exactly. like, but first of all, like the ranking system, if you're like on a, on a scale of one to 10, like, what are you? Like that system is like wrong because yeah. for various reasons, like we, we as a society need to move away from that. Like plenty of people are like, 
once you talk to someone, you see who like you see their heart. You're like, yeah, no, it doesn't. That ranking no longer matters. But like, still, you're on a first date and someone says that about themselves. You don't know where they stand on things, and they're like, yeah, like as a nine, like, ooh, like that's good that you have that confidence. But like, why are you talking about yourself like that? Mm-hmm. Or like, why have you assigned yourself a rating? That's yeah. <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of a, like that rating system is something that people are very familiar with. Like you said, it's, it's very like morally, ethically wrong for a lot of reasons. And it's not like a good thing to use when referring to people, but, but it's something that people know about, I feel like more than the Enneagram in a lot of cases. So I could see people being confused by that. Anyways, um, yeah, interesting, interesting COVID relationship dating times for sure. Oh, yeah. So returning to the dating <laughs> world, I'm sure we're going to see lots of first dates as we're returning to going out to restaurants, going to brunch, going to get drinks. Um, I think I have, have gone out and seen people on dates and it looks ooh, it looks rough out here on these streets. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, no one can hide that they are not entertained it goes back to we have no social skills anymore, <laughs> um, which might be good. I think that's going to be positive for dating. I do think that people are going to rush to get married in certain circles. I live in the South. Everyone's already rushing to get married. They're like, oh, yes, I met this person during COVID. We started dating and now we're married. I'm like, ooh, immediately no. <laughs> oh, so red flag or deal breaker. You go out on a first date with someone and it's like in the next couple months, and they start talking about marriage and like wanting to get married quickly. No. <laughs> um to me, like the person who's in the in a rush to get married doesn't it's like they don't care who they're getting married to. Like anyone will do kind of maybe not anyone, but they they like don't have very specific standards. If someone yeah. if someone's focus is and it goes the same way for like wanting to be in a relationship. It seems like if someone is super eager to be in a relationship, most of the time, I don't believe it's because they really like you in particular. It's because they want to be in a relationship again. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, like, you know, you just really hit it off with someone and you don't need as much time as like in past situations to, to like want to commit to someone in a relationship. But I think more often than not, it's the other case where the person just wants to be in a relationship and it doesn't super matter who it's with. <laughs> I agree with that. It's, it's concerning. It's always concerning when people start to put the cart before the horse. Yeah, it's like, you don't even know me yet. Like, you might, yeah. you might hate me, like. <laughs> or when people early on in the dating so this did happen when i was like dating someone they were just like oh when you meet all these people and we do all these things i'm like wow why are you planning way far ahead of where we're at and then it didn't go anywhere and i'm like you probably shouldn't have said all these things <laughs> yeah like, not that i like was planning on it but i'm just like this doesn't seem right like I don't want you to meet my friends yet. They're going to roast you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes people move like pretty quickly and you know, they're like booking flights and hotels and stuff and it's like for, you know, for a wedding that's happening in like 5 months or something. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's especially like- if you have if you're not like in a somewhat long-term relationship, you know? Like if you've only been dating for like two or three months i don't know that i would make plans out that far in advance but that involve money i guess yeah definitely not refundable yeah uh, anyways that was fun here's another another question i have for you so obviously in-person attendance at sporting events is back yes i think in some capacity in every state i guess in California, many states. I, know, I mean, there are still some places where they're not having people. but okay. Most states. Yeah. Um, 
what do you think about going to a sporting event as a first date? I'm all for it. I was before it even before COVID. And here is why. A sporting event is so visible that you can meet someone there. And if they are not who you want to be with, you can lose them very easily. <laughs> like, I think a sporting event is very safe. To yeah, like. It's, it's very public. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much in support of that. And obviously, I would hope that people, like, buy their tickets, like, separately or, like, have a way to have, your, like, your ticket separate. Mm-hmm. Um, for a first date, I think sporting events in general are good dates just because like you have something that you don't have to spend like going to dinner or going to coffee or getting drinks. You have to focus so much on this other person, which is like good mm-hmm. at a certain point. But like sometimes it's nice to like have that breathing room for your brain <laughs> Where it's like, okay, I'm learning all these things about this new person, but like, I, where can I take a break? So like going to a sporting event, going to a museum where you can just like, you don't have to spend the entire time like being your best self. Like you can take time to like withdraw and like be in your own brain, be in your own mind and like think about things and then come back to like talking to the person and you can make like not like silly comments but you can like comment on the game and it doesn't have to be the most mind-blowing comment ever it can just be like oh like that was a good hit Mm -hmm. what about you like how do you feel about sporting events as first dates so i really don't like the idea of it as a first date in -hmm. particular really any other date i think it's good Um, I agree with you on the, this like conversation piece. Um, you don't feel like you have to always be on, um, because you can talk about the game. Obviously you're there somewhat at least to watch the game. So you're not required to constantly be talking to the other person, I think. But, um, they're so loud though, that I think like a concert or a sporting event is, I think, super awkward for a first date. Um, because, it's hard to talk to someone, mm. I think. Um, maybe it's different. Like if you get dinner beforehand somewhere that's like not incredibly loud, like a sports bar, and you can talk then, then you kind of have like a baseline. So then, you know, you don't need to talk as much at like, the game, I guess. But if you're just like meeting outside of an arena and going into a game, like I'm not not for that for a first date. Um, but... It's very public. Like you said, easy, if you don't feel safe or something, I think it's pretty easy to like get out of that situation and you don't always have to be on either. So those are definitely positives. Um, but also something that I think is weird and would be uncomfortable um, going on dates during COVID when masks are still continuing to be a thing is like, Some people, when they, obviously you have to get up, when you get up from a table to like walk out, you have to put on your mask, Mm -hmm. but like some people, as soon as they get outside the restaurant, they take it off. Other people wear it the whole time they're walking. So like, say like a guy walks you to your car and he has his mask on still. And so you still have it on. Like if the date went really well and like you want to kiss each other, how does that work? Like that's super awkward. I feel like, like, you know what I mean? I, I do. <laughs> um, I guess I would think that like, by the time you get to your car, like they take off their mask and like, if you don't want it to happen, you leave <laughs> your mask on. <laughs> I guess that's a really easy out. That's a good point. It's like, did you ever watch Hitch? Yes, of course. <laughs> where, where, like, when he's, like, teaching him how to, like, when to go in for the kiss. It's, like, one of those things where she's, if he's, like, when he's, like, oh, yeah, if she's playing with her keys, she wants to, like, kiss you. But if she immediately goes to the door and opens it and is, like, bye. Yeah. She's not into it. I think, like, the mask is that version of it. <laughs> okay. That's good. I like that. <laughs> or um, I've done the, uh, like, waving, like, You've, because you've obviously seen me in person, but you know what? I'm like, okay, bye. And I do like the little wave. Yep. I did that to someone once. Yeah. And they were like, uh, what? And I'm like, um, 
not a vibe. And then they ghosted me, and I was like, you know, I feel that. I get that, like, but perfect. like, <laughs> like now I don't feel that. Now like, you don't have to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you weren't like the most engaging. And man, I'm gonna sound very like me but like i was like let's watch a basketball game (laughs) and he's like no i'm like okay well i don't think you're the one for me Mm. yeah that's a red flag (laughs) it's like a definite what am i saying it's it's definitely like i've gone on dates with guys who are not in the sports and it is now like a deal breaker because i'll be like yeah like it's march madness let's watch this game and they're like no or it was like during the covid dating we're like a football game was on and I'm like, they're like, Oh look, football, you like football. And I'm like, okay, like, why, why are you being like this? Yes. I like football. I don't care about this game. It doesn't matter. It, like yeah. no more. It, they have to like sports or I'm out. I'll take another friend. I could use more <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's fair. Like everyone could use more friends. Exactly. Like uh, everyone could be friends to more people and everyone could like, it just be a better for our society if more people were friends. So yeah, gotta like the sports. Agreed. Um, any other thoughts on our questions the- <laughs> <laughs> on COVID dating slash the return to sporting events in person? Well, okay. So more so going into like returning to sporting events in person, how do you feel about the returning to sporting events? Because like, it dating is one thing like returning to like smaller spaces but like sporting events like do you feel like this summer will be like the summer you're like yeah I'm gonna like go to all the different events you feel like teams are not necessarily teams not necessarily owners of the um arenas or baseball fields or whatever but do you feel like people are behaving appropriately enough to go out and watch sporting events in person I think it depends. Um, okay. It's also kind of hard to know. I feel like if you haven't been to one because yeah. like what you see on TV is kind of far away. And like, I feel like cameras aren't actually showing fans like who aren't being good about wearing their masks. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of hard to know personally, um, like not incredibly comfortable with the idea. Um, it's just like a lot of people, I guess. I mean, it's probably fine, like, if you've been vaccinated and stuff, but especially outdoors, I guess, but I think I'm going to be someone who's, like, pretty slow to actually feel comfortable again with things. Yeah. Um, So, um, what do you think? Like, do you feel like you'll be out, like, I don't know, going to baseball games this summer? I don't know. I... Like, I want to go to baseball games, but I also am like, I want to go with people where we are all together, like, in a group where we're, like, we understand. And it's, like, this makes no sense where I'm like, I want to go with people. Um, But I'm like, yeah, I want to just, like, I'm with, like, a couple other people who are like, yeah, we should wear our masks at certain points. Like, you know, when you get up to go to the concession stands, you come back to your seat and then you don't wear it. Like, um, it, it would be more just to, like, okay, I'm not losing my mind like there are different times that I've gone out where I'm like I'm wearing a mask and I'm like what am I am I going crazy right now why why is no one following this and it happened when I was in Colorado Springs at one point where I was I went to the post office for my parents and there were a bunch of like elderly people in the post office not wearing masks yeah and they're like I don't I'm like you are on oxygen (laughs) Make it make sense. This is before the vaccine was out. So I I think it would be, it's not inter like for any real reason other than I'm like, I just want to like not feel like I'm losing my mind when I go out. I think by the end of the summer, like it'll be a little bit different with like the goal of at least in the United States of, you know, 70% of people being vaccinated. So I think by fall sports, I'll be okay. Summer sports. I'm still like, Oh, I just don't really, I don't know it'll be like a game time decision. Yeah. I feel like it depends on the state too. Like personally, I would definitely not feel comfortable going to like a sporting event in Idaho or Texas this summer. Um, Like going to a Mariners game, I feel like would, I would probably feel a lot more comfortable. Um, I think it just kind of depends on the state and like what their, what their rules are and how strict they are about things, you know? 
Yeah. And Texas is not strict about anything, which is challenging. It's like, uh, okay, Texas. <laughs> no masks. It's fine. Not everyone's vaccinated, but whatever. I, I I agree with you. Like Colorado, I'd feel a little bit better about going out than in Texas. Yeah. I think it, I don't know, it kind of just depends on the state. And like you said, I think it's important to feel comfortable with the group of people you're going with that, like, you're all kind of on the same page about when to wear masks and whatnot. Um, so, um, anyways. But excited that sporting events are coming back. I think that the fall will be nice when it comes to football. I think college football will be back kind of back to normal, quote unquote, like, Mm-hmm. more so i'm guessing like yeah. people still have to wear masks i would think but... so i would think that would be wearing masks until the end of the year but i'm not a doctor i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know what percentage of the population needs to be vaccinated to get us to a place where we masks. yeah yeah and with what it, how it's globally mm-hmm. how the virus is evolving i don't i don't know if we would like fully get to no masks or it's like no masks, unless it is like a super huge event. And I don't even know what that would be like by next summer. I don't think we'll be wearing masks. I'm guessing not. I hope not, but hard to know. Yeah. I don't know. We are not doctors, but if you have any insights and you are a doctor, hit us up. We will happily talk about, science we just follow whatever we're told to do and pretty much <laughs> when that changes you know it, it changes but works well but we're on our way we we are closer to the end than we are to the beginning yes hopefully yeah. <laughs> so some random sports updates <laughs> do you want to talk about charles barkley and his journey golfing do i <laughs> Um, so Charles Barkley is known as having a historically bad golf swing. Um, SNL did a skit with, it was with Charles Barkley and Jason Sudeikis, um, several years ago, basically making fun of Charles Barkley's golf swing and how it looks like he has like a heart attack or something mid swing because it's like, he'll kind of start it up. And again, I'm not a golfer, so this is terrible terminology, I'm sure, but, um, kind of like pull it back, like swing forward a little bit. And then he just kind of stops. And then like a second later, he like jerks through the motion. Um, it's very, very disjointed process. Um, but, uh, I don't know if he was playing in a charity golf tournament or what the deal was. Um, but a bunch of videos have come out today. Um, his swing is while still, you know, Definitely somewhat jerky. Again, I know nothing about golf. Um, it's gone a lot smoother. So I don't know if someone gave him lessons, what happened, but um, it's fun to see on the timeline for sure. It is. It, I mean, that video that makes fun of him is very funny, but now his golf swing, he, at least, he like keeps his head down and like he stays square, which is... I'm also not a golf person, but my dad had hopes and dreams once upon a time. And then I was like, I am no Tiger Woods. But you you like you have to keep your head down. You don't want to like watch it, watch the ball as you're like swinging through um, because that can affect how like which way it like curves. Like if you want to have it like a clean straight shot, you have to just like keep your body square and like swing through it and like swing across your body. Mm-hmm. And um he I don't understand if he could like make a straight shot because it looked like it would always just like curve off. Oh yeah, we're not even talking about where the ball goes. Literally just yeah. like what the swing looks like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, is what that's I was true. Discussing. But um yeah, it's very interesting. He's also super tall and has back problems. So those yeah. things don't really bode well. No. Um but fun to see. It's, Maybe we'll get another skit. Who knows? I hope so. Where they're like, all right, how did you improve? And then they, he has some like nonsensical thing. 
yeah. I think that'd be very entertaining. And then he'd be like, and it's sponsored by Weight Watchers because <laughs> he was a Weight Watchers person for a minute. Yes. Off and on. It's like, it's very funny to think of him being part of that. I'm like, Charles Barkley, you could have a private chef. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But fun to see. It is um, fun to see. What, what is your game of the week? So my game of the week is the NWSL Challenge Cup Final. It is on May 8th at noon central, 1 eastern. And it is the Portland Thorns versus Gotham FC. Portland is favored to win, and it's being played in Portland. But Gotham FC has surprised everyone. So I'd like to see an upset there this weekend. Soccer fans, this one's for you. What is your game of the week? Very nice. Um, also, Gotham FC is just like a legendary team name. Right? It's like, it makes me laugh and I'm like, all right. I mean, it, it works. It's a good, no one's going to like make fun of it. Yeah. Um, my game of the week is the Nuggets Jazz game on Friday. That'll um, be good. Even with injuries, like, I still think they're very fun teams to watch play against each other. The Nuggets have to be feeling good after beating the Clippers the other night. Yeah, the Lakers game wasn't great, but um, overall, like, since Jamal Murray got injured, they've been winning, obviously, most of their games. So that's that's been good. Um, but, yeah, just looking forward to that kind of... Rematch matchup. That'll be good. That'll be very good. Do you have a hot take this week related to either dating or the return to sports? Yeah, I guess I'm just going to go with like the fact that I think that going to a sporting event as a first date is really not a good move. Um, like I'm, I'm out on that. Um, Unless, unless there's some sort of pre-game activity that you're doing together where you can get like kind of a baseline of getting to know you where you can easily talk. That's my hot take. I think that it, that's a good hot take because one, you don't know if you want to spend that much time with someone that you don't know to like have dinner or drinks with them and then go to a sporting event. That's true. That one or of, the other. So like you, it's a lot of commitment. So like that is, that's a very hot take. And I also feel like it's a really popular thing to go to a sporting event as a first date. So for that reason, that's also hot take. But uh, what is yours? Do you have one? I think my hot take is that like we need to <laughs> we need to ask more invasive questions on first mm-hmm. dates because you need to find out sooner that someone is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or does it doesn't even need to be an invasive question? It can just be like the hot, like your own hot take. Like we need to start saying those on first dates or when we first meet people. Like again, I was out with people, and I was like, someone said they were talking about how hard it is to be a man, and I was like, this is good to know that like this, there's like a limit of what we can talk about in the world. So like, yeah, my hot take is. Share those, like, really hot takes you have that, like, will upset a room. Say it on your first date. That's how you'll know if that person is for you or if they're just with you because you're cute. Yeah, I guess you're getting your answer quicker. Yeah, like, imagine saying something like, yeah, we should bring back, um, or we should, like, basically force natural selection. Like, I can't think of what it's actually called. Euthanize people. and Um. Or not euthanizing people. That's wrong. That is not the correct word. Um... Like survival of the fittest, like survival of the fittest, or or like the Hunger Games, or like any oh, of those things where you okay. like basically kill people for whatever reason. Yeah, You're just like, okay. no, they just don't meet our standard. Like basically sure. being Hitler. <laughs> like you say something like oh, that, gosh. but you don't say it like Hitler. Like say something like that on a first date and see how the other person responds. If they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's concerning. Mm. If they're like, no, you're crazy. Either either you like say like yeah I just wanted to see if like you agreed with that kind of of a take or you could be like oh I just wanted to get out of the state. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like um, another 
good weed out question at the beginning would be to ask if they like truly believe in any conspiracy theories. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> um, because I think you would find that there are a lot of people who actually do, and that could be like, a uh, no. That's, that's a good one. That one's less I feel like hurt that would people. be very unexpected for it someone to be. ask. Like, do you believe in any conspiracy theories? Or like, do you think we really landed on the moon? Yeah, or <laughs> I don't know what else. Like, you know, do you believe like that, that birds were replaced by the government? Like, <laughs> those are su- such low key questions, but people will tell. Like, I worked with someone who was like, "Yeah, like the birds, <laughs> the birds are are robots, and they charge on the." The power lines. Did the they actually lines. believe that? They were like saying, were they I don't know saying they, it was like a, a thing to be funny, like a bit. I don't think it was a bit. They were okay. like, yeah, like I think that's very valid. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, and the dinosaurs didn't exist. Mm. Like dinosaur bones were just like buried for us to find. So <laughs> yeah. Share your conspiracy theories on your dates, folks. I'm sure it will be enlightening. Yeah, that that definitely would be enlightening. Um, you know, maybe you find out someone is like, uh, like low key QAnon believer oh or gosh. something, and then you're like, well, don't need to waste any more time here, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could get to the bottom of things a lot quicker by asking these types of questions. I'm sure. So. True. That's very fine. true. So if you were going to go on a date and ask these types of questions, what would you be drinking? Um, I would be drinking white wine, probably. Fair. Um, but I had a Sauvignon Blanc recently. It's called The Seeker. It has like, it's a, the winery, all of their labels have hot air balloons on them. Oh, that's so um, cute. Yeah, they're pretty cute. But the um, Sauvignon Blanc is from Marlboro, Marlboro, I it's one of those things I can't say, like more mortgage. Um, but it's from New Zealand. And oh, cool. I feel like you can never go wrong with a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. So for those reasons, I am in. I like that. I think that's a solid pick. I think that's a good summer pick. Yeah, it is a good summer pick. Um, what about you? What have you been having lately? So I've been drinking two-step German-style pills. Um it's from the fitting Brazos Valley. Texas? It is very fitting for Texas. It's from Texas. It was a local beer. Um, I went to the grocery store and was like, what am I going to find at HEB tonight? I did not know. And um, actually ended up getting canned wine that I'll talk about next week. But I also got this beer that was really good. And it's just like a nice light beer without... Because some lighter beers can like sacrifice the flavor of the mm-hmm. beer. And it, it's nice. It's good. Um, and it is like the perfect summer beer I'm finding. Yeah. I mean, a Pilsner is, I feel like a good summer pick. It's not too heavy, you know? Yeah. And you don't feel like you're going to take a nap after drinking it, which man, that's key for me. I don't want to take a nap after I have one beer. Yeah. Agreed. Um, do you have any personal plugs this week? Um, Listen to Tailgate Society podcasts. Email us any questions, comments, concerns, interpretive dances at sportsandcorks at gmail.com or like DM us on Twitter or Instagram. It's at sportsandcorks. And um, again, to the folks who gave us the random sports topics, we will continue to go through uh, these niche sports. We had so much fun with curling last week. So thank you for suggesting that. And thank you for listening. If you listen to that, do you have any personal plugs? Um, not particularly, but this, this got me thinking it would be fun to know, um, what people's, uh, most convincing conspiracy theories are like Ooh. what, if there's one that they, um, like feel strongly about might be real. I would be curious to know which that is. Ooh, I like that. Conspiracy theories. Just going through them. I think that'd be fun. Or like if you had to pick one that you think is the most, maybe that's the more realistic thing. If you had to pick one conspiracy theory that's out there that you think is like um, the most plausible of all of them. Like if you had to choose one that was real, which one do you think it would be? Um, I would be curious to know what people would pick. I am too. I wonder how many people are going to say aliens. 
We might need to do a poll. I feel like most people would say aliens. We we could make a poll and see what ones that aren't aliens that people would pick. Yeah, I like this idea. <laughs> I like it a lot. This is this is good. Um, before we get into that, let's talk about bigger than sports. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so the first one, I, I hope I'm saying this right. To be honest, I did not watch the draft, um, but Quiddy. I believe probably that, is it. That seems right. Pay um, was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. And there was a cool video um, that one of the ESPN people put out um, about him and his mom. And his mom had escaped two civil wars in South Africa, moved to Rhode Island as a single mom. And when her um, son was growing up, she worked two jobs so that he could attend private school and essentially get a scholarship to play um, college football, hopefully make it to the NFL. Um, He got drafted and, um, you know, if you get drafted in the NFL, you are, even if, you know, you get drafted late, you're making a lot of money still. So um, hopefully that means that she can uh, not work two jobs anymore and, you know, just um, relax as a mom because she clearly went through a lot for her son to be in this position. Um, and that's just like the ultimate definition of sacrifice, I feel like. So it was very inspiring sure. to hear about her story. For sure. That's amazing. And I think her son will probably take care of her. He'll be like, you never have to work I think again. So. I think like, she's probably good now. But um, yeah, just, just nice to see. Um, do you want to talk about the other one? Yeah, so Najee Harris, he played at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. He threw a draft party for the kids at the homeless shelter where he grew up in Richmond, California. So um, he like grew up with his family kind of in and out of like the homeless shelter. And so he, his parents and his four older siblings all lived in a small room in this homeless shelter, like while they were like dealing with homelessness. And so... Um, he wanted to give back and so we sponsored a draft party for the kids there and so there was like pizza and chicken and um, like football decorations food like goodie bags like he went all out for this so that's like really great to see where he was just like I was here I like I understand and he's like the people at the shelter were like this is a great inspiration for all the kids here Um, so it's just really good to see people giving back to like the communities that were part of them growing up. Like, obviously it's not ideal to be growing up in homelessness, but it's him acknowledging it and being like, yeah, this is part of my past and not like moving away from it where he could be like, yeah, I was homeless once, but now like I'm going to be in the NFL. I'm going to play for the Steelers. Like now he's like, yeah, I. He's like owning it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people I feel like would be embarrassed to talk about it at all. Yeah. Um, to admit that like that was a part of their life and that was part of their past. And, um, definitely a lot of respect for being open about that and then also giving back to that group. So. So it's, you love to see it both really good, bigger than sports moments to come out of the draft this year. Like both are so heartwarming. Both are great. Hopefully we get more in the coming weeks. I bet we do. I think we're as things go back to people being out in the world, there will be more moments of people just being good people. Um, if you all see anything where you're like, this is an amazing moment of just like people understanding that it's bigger than sports, like send it to us. We This is our favorite segment, so share it with us. We love it. Um, that is all I have this week. How about you? I think that's a good way to wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Emily and Emily, sports and courts.